Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. We're back with another bonus episode. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. And at the end of the series, it's you, the listeners, you vote for your favourites and at our live event we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. We do indeed, and this being a bonus episode, it's got nothing to do with that. It's about the actual <laughs> Eurovision. We are back with a preview of the second semi-final. We are. Big we, bonus for you. Indeed. We hope you joined us last week. Um, if you didn't, then you're probably not listening this week either. <laughs> but if you did, I hope you enjoyed it. We are going to take a rundown of the second semi-final in performance order and we'll give you our considered thoughts and perusals. We've taken a long time to come up with these inspiring notes on the songs. <laughs> Some of them are... Um, literally moments of work. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and we have had a drink, which is always helpful. Shh, don't get secrets away. <laughs> well, I mean, we had all of our preamble last episode, and if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to it. We're going to jump straight in because we've got 16... Songs to get through in semi-final two. Starting with Denmark. Breaking My Heart by Riley. Monty, thoughts on Riley? Well, Riley is a K-pop star from the Faroe Islands. And, well, don't let anybody tell you that Eurovision's not eclectic Mm. and not diverse. Um, I think this is quite jolly. It's a nice little upbeat pop song. Um, He's a big deal on TikTok. He's got about 11 million followers. And, well, the United Kingdom can certainly tell you a thing or two about entering a singer who has a big following uh, with that bigger direct reach as Sam Ryder last year. Um, It's a cute little song. It's about a relationship that's, uh, you know, things have got a bit sticky and you're scared of getting hurt. I mean, quite mature themes, really, for somebody who looks so young. Although Riley is actually, he looks far younger than the 25 years that he Mm. is. Um, But there's something about him that's kind of archetypal pop star. You know, young, youthful pop star like that. And I think that he's going to have quite a lot of fans. Yeah, I mean, definitely TikTok vibes here. Thank God Denmark had a better national final this year. And this, as a winner, is actually testament to that, I think. it's um, They've stepped up the game, which is really good to see. It's a bit different from anything else this year. Yes, the composition is maybe a little bit clunky. And I think that vocoder vocal effect that's in the chorus is a, is a little bit crude. But I forgive all that um, because... It's just a happy song. It's got real Gen Z energy, which is the whole TikTok thing. I think you can see why a song like this is being sung 
by someone like Riley. It's completely, I can see all manner of dance moves and little trends coming off the back of a song like this on TikTok. It's, it's made for it. I think it is a little bit lightweight in the vocal, but I forgive that because I think it, it fits with the, the nature of the song. It's the whole package, really, at Eurovision, isn't it? And I think he brings that. I think he brings that kind of, like, you know, young pop star, trendy, cute, relatable. You know, people are really going to pick up on this. I think they're going to really like him. And I want that grease jacket. You know, the pink ladies, pink jacket. That he's <laughs> <laughs> I can see you as Rizzo. Mm. <laughs> There are worse things I could do. <laughs> well, <laughs> not many more. <laughs> Song two is from Armenia. It's called Future Lover, and it's by Brunette. like the idea of a song imagining your future lover because uh, let's face it which of us has not daydreamed about some swarthy brute who's going to knock you off your feet <laughs> but then also turns out to be you know quite cultured and happy to cook you chips the, it also reminds me there's a great song by Dolly Parton called Better Get Your Hands Off My Potential New Boyfriend which <laughs> is just such a lovely concept uh, and it, it, so this reminds me of that there's a lot here, there's, there's a lot of kind of dreaminess of this future lover, but it's also tempered by the sort of anxiety that we feel um, in relationships as well. And um, although she's, you know, sort of dreaming of, you know, lounging the day away in cafes, she's also kind of, you know, having some panic attacks and, you know, she's afraid of her heart getting all tied up in chains. And I think this shifting mood in the piece um, is really echoed by the fact that there's a shifting musical style in it. It's quite difficult to pin down. And I, I don't know, just just a little bit nebulous. And I wonder if that is the biggest challenge of it, because I quite like it, um, but I can't really fully engage in it. I don't know, I think the, there's the potential for something quite stunning visually in the presentation of this, but I just think is that going to be trying to mask the fact that there's maybe not that much of a song there mm, well I actually in my notes have got that it's probably unfinished it feels like an unfinished song like it's oh you've got something really good here mm. now where can you go with it um, I do like the way it begins I think sort of the soft ooze and the soft harmonies at the start is, is really nice and when it kicks in with like the spoken singing it loses its way a little bit this is another song that's going to need incredible staging to pull it through, I think. That is something that the Armenians are very much capable of. We've seen it before. Ah, so early on in this running order, though, don't know. I, th- I think it's tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. It feels as though we've spoken quite a lot this week and last week of the role that the staging is going to be playing. It does feel as though, you know, maybe there's going to be some quite heavy lifting going on by some of the staging. Speaking of staging, our next song has plenty of it, or at least it did in the Romanian national final. It's called DGT Off and On by Theodore Andre. (laughs) 
there's quite a lot going on in this presentation. There is. Um, I think, like you last week, I'm probably going to keep this short and sweet because I think there's there's, there's a few things that I could say and I'd rather not. So, <laughs> for balance and for kindness, I'm going to say that one negative of this song is that it's not particularly memorable. Uh, lacks a bit of flavour of the songs around it, maybe. And a real positive is that for someone so young, he has great stage presence, that's for sure. Uh, I adore his personal style. I think it's a bit funky. I like that. Uh, and I'll just add that I hope that Theodore tries to come back again with another song. I don't think this is the one. So the title DGT, it's actually Degete, and it's a play on the word Degete in Romanian, which means fingers. And in the lyrics, um, it says, my Joaca Padigite, she plays me on her fingers. And I think it's this sense of kind of, you know, uh, being in a relationship where the other partner is toying with you a little bit. And he's presenting on stage this kind of, not henpecked partner, but this sort of, you know, a partner who is definitely maybe a little bit feeble compared to the, you know, the woman that he's with. But, you know, I just think it's a little bit tawdry. Um, the presentation, you know, the women are pretty much dancing around in their pants. Everybody strips something off, most things off by the end. And I just... I don't know. He's a big star. He's won the Voice of Romania, the junior Voice of Romania. He's been an X Factor. And I think that he's won the ticket to Liverpool on the basis of the fact that the population there know who he is. Ready made voters. And yeah, and I think this is always a danger when you get a national final that you pick somebody who has resonance with the local public and you put them on the stage and nobody has a clue who they are. And if he goes on the stage with a performance like this, it's not going to resonate with the voters at all. I feel this is the kind of performance that he's going to regret once he's no longer just 18. Mm. You think, what, because of the... Just sort of the bawdiness of it, like... The the cheapness of it, I think. And, you know, the fact, I think, when you... You know, if you're 18 and, you know, you could see that this, you know, maybe feels a bit kind of sexy and a bit kind of exciting. And actually, when you're when you're past 18, you look at it and go, oh, this really is a bit, it's cheap as chips. And it's a bit tacky, I mm. think, the performance. And, yeah, I feel he's going to live to regret this. Let's move on swiftly. Song number four from Estonia, Bridges by Alika. There is always time to get back on track Tearing down the walls slowly every step Now I see myself building up a world of bridges You will find a way to begin again No more time to waste or to play pretend Now I see myself building up a world of bridges um... Interesting story with Alika, how she's kind of got brought up in a region that was quite Russian and just learnt Estonian. So this is this is an interesting story. What are your thoughts on Alika? Well, I think we've been, you know, waiting for a, a power ballad to blow your socks off. And this is absolutely one. 
I think she's got an incredible voice. Mm. Um, there's a really nice sort of um, motif in the Estonian final where the piano is it's one of those self-playing pianos and you know she's there and you see the keys moving by themselves um, and it, it, it there's just a really there's quite a dark um, but very powerful mood going on with this um, and I think it really stands out there's you know there's some quite lush string orchestration on it and I just think it would it looked quite effective I think I think this is this could be quite the dark horse. I agree with that actually. I feel like it could be an entry from ten years ago actually, which kind of feels like that's a bad thing. But I don't know. I I think it works. I think the melody is much more interesting in the verse than it is in the chorus, which is a really odd thing to be feeling. But I just it just works better. I think, as you said. Oh my god great vocal ability she's gonna be able to translate that to the massive stage easily yeah you know the control of the the, the vibrato is really sort of controlled and just doing capable hands you know that she's going to absolutely deliver this song um i reckon it's going to qualify easily um but maybe do nothing in the final i have to say that i think i get the dark horse tag but i think i think it's going to lose its way but i think it's a hard qualify Definitely hard through. Song number five then from Belgium, our friend Gustav, because of you. Now, Monty, we said last week you went to the Belgium national final. We will talk about that later in the series. But thoughts on Gustav? Well, he was quite the surprise winner, mm. but he went big in the hall. And I think, you know, we will talk about the national final, but I think many other competitors just faltered in, a, in one area or another. And Gustav just brought it. It was very slick. It's a great funk song. You know, it gets the crowd going, and there's something to be said for that. Um, I'm, it's not my favorite by any stretch, but there's lots of kind of, you know, living in the moment, get up and dance moments in this. And it's just fun. I mean, if I, you know, if I'm, if I'm ranking it objectively, it's going to be quite low down. But write this off at your peril. I think this is going to do all right. Just lifts the mood. And I think that, you know, they've got some great backing singers with this. And if they get that right, it could be great. I I want Gustav to rein it in sartorially a little bit. I'm not necessarily keen on those pants he seems to be insisting on wearing that have the little flaps mm. outside. I worry that he's going to go too over the top on his hat because the hat seems to be a trademark for him. But uh, yeah, I think this could do like, this could do better business than most people are thinking because I think it's not really on many people's radars as a successful song. Yeah, I can see that point. I think it is, it's obviously a throwback in every sense. 
because the song itself is very 90s pop and actually for anyone like you want to use it who's been with me at Eurofest uh, you'll testify that you can sing take that let's go round again over it perfectly it fits perfectly and it's exactly the same uh, time referencing as well this is very yeah take that the early days it's a throwback as well with the lyrics, which I have to say are a bit rudimentary. They're playing to the whole, you know, power to anyone who's a little bit different, you know, the they'll never keep us down kind of vibe. But that, that message just isn't landing with me when I think it should, but I, th- I think it's probably a bit old hat now. What does excite me, that's what you were picking up, and what does excite me about this, despite it feeling dated, it's a, it's the sing-along ability with this, and it is feel-good. And it brings a little bit of joy. And because of that, I think it may well qualify. And looking at the running order, I mean, we've got cutesy pop. We've got kind of going nowhere from Armenia. We've got absolutely going nowhere from Romania. And then we've got power ballad. And this is the first moment that I think people are really going to be able to, you know, get up and dance. It's going to stick out like a sore thumb, but in the best way. Absolutely. Moving on, number six is from Cyprus, Break a Broken Heart by Andrew Lombrou. You can break a just get it out of the way do it he's fucking hot (laughs) he's not my type Mm. and this is the thing he's a much prettier man than I would normally go for but he's fucking hot he is and people have base instincts Mm -hmm. and they are going to enjoy watching Andrew whether they enjoy hearing Andrew is a question we're going to have to find out once we get there because we know him of course from Australia Decides uh, he was in Australia Decides last year and Australia Decided and it wasn't him <laughs> uh, and it wasn't him really because I think he was a little bit wooden in the performance um, there were a few pitching and tuning issues and so I think Cypress having picked him out for having Cypriot heritage are going to be hoping that he's been able to iron those issues out for the live performance. But if he can, I think this is a really nice, competent song. I think as well that, yeah, he didn't leave much of an impression of a, on us uh, musically. But this return feels like it's a bit more well put together. It's a little bit in his wheelhouse. There's a lot of long, quite high falsetto parts, which... I'm keen to see how that is pulled off live because if it it could go badly wrong, if not, you know, care isn't taken. But this song suits his voice better and we know Cypress are going to stage the fuck out of it anyway. I, mm, I don't know. I'm not jumping up and down excited, but it's a solid entry and easy qualifier. Yeah, I think so. Um, in the video, there's some shots of him doing a few laps of the Nicosia Municipal Swimming Pool. And I think, you know, given that he is stripped off to do that, 
there's a disappointing lack of flesh on display. The video cut is uh, it is quite disappointing. Uh, we don't ever get a close-up shot of him smuggling his budgie in those swimming <laughs> costumes. <laughs> I mean, he might as well have dived in the bloody pool with his pyjamas on and got his life-saving certificate at the same time. <laughs> no, I think we, we got a bit of bummage, didn't we, from... Um, uh, who did we get bummage from? Um, oh, Duncan Lawrence. Duncan Lawrence, yes. yes. You know. Yeah, have him swimming in the bath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've finished being old perverts, <laughs> moving on. It's over to Iceland, and it's Dilia with power. Yeah, I'm going to re- repeat here what I said on the ESC Insight podcast, which um, we plugged it last week. We'll plug it again this week. Both me and Monty on different episodes have been part of their jukebox jury song review. So check that out at ESC Insight. So on my episode, we spoke about Iceland and I said that it's always, imp- I'm always really impressed by Iceland for such a small country, the quality of songs that they pump out year after year. This song puts me in mind a very early Becky Hill, which is a UK singer here, that, that, with that drum and bass beat. It's the, the melody is very similar to Afterglow by Wilkinson. You know, in the afterglow. And it's, it's, which. I'm not getting it from the way you're well, singing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? I can't sing. <laughs> um, but no, Becky is a guest vocalist on that. And it's just, this song is very much in that wheelhouse. There's lots of white space in the vocal here. So when she's on stage, there's lots of moments where she's not really doing anything. And I think she tries to fill that on stage in the national final performance where she's kicking around and moving around. She's trying her best to fill that. I think that's where this is going to, the success of this is going to lie on that. How visually interesting are you going to make this when there's lots of not much going on on stage, potentially? So I do have question marks. Um, can't ignore the fact that semi-finals are televote only and so it's going to need some oomph to it but I I, I quite like it I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic I'm, I worry but I'm optimistic about this <laughs> it's the oomph factor for me I think as well you know she's in a quite crowded field of 12 female soloists all singing, you know, similarly themed songs. There's a lot of female empowerment going on. And I'm not going to knock a woman who's singing about her own empowerment. I think that's, you know, we're all here for that. It's timely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, there's, when we hear the new crop of songs each year, there's some songs that you're like, you're absolutely delighted that they're there. There's a few songs that you wish weren't. And then there's the songs that are just there. And this is one of those for me. I think that the the solo female artists that she's competing against, several of them are doing this better, and several of them, are, I think, are going to be able to perform it better. And I think that's going to be her undoing, really. For me, it's just it's not high enough up the field. It's not. There's nothing really that's going to put put it into contention. I quite like it when I hear it. I wouldn't reach to put it on, but yeah. 
I think this is an unqualifier. Having said that, I thought Iceland last year was an unqualifier and I was delighted when they qualified. So maybe the moral of that is, don't listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Or do, at least for the next 20 minutes. (laughs) Moving on then, song number eight is What They Say by Victor Vernikos from Greece. Wish this was something I could just ignore. Well, you know what they say. So I'm going to repeat a little bit about what I said on the ESC Insight podcast now as well. Because I I really like this song. I like the theme of it. There's, you know, the theme about mental health and about, you know, battling your own demons, but also finding strength, but also the way that other people who've had similar experiences offer support. And I really like that. And I think, you know, songs about mental health and, and or creative endeavours, not just songs about mental health, that are discussing that and giving people the the you know the optimism to hear other people in similar situations um, and particularly you know some hear about teenage mental health I think are really important um, and I think this is an incredibly mature song for an artist who is just 16 now but wrote this when he was 14 you know there's an incredible insight there you know a wisdom beyond his years uh, and when you get an artist like that, you kind of want to see where they're going with their, their material. I think his voice is a, a, amazing. I mean, it just really is. It, it's an incredible, you know, it's incredible voice, incredible musicality and everything for anybody, but for one so young at that, that stage of his career. And it is a mature voice as well, Absolutely. the actual vocal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can argue, you know, is Eurovision the, the place to be having songs like this and having songs about mental health um but actually it's giving a platform and you know eurovision does attract some of the lost and the disparate um you know particularly those in their teen years you know they gravitate to things like this and they you know they find community online and i I think there is a, a place for it i'm more for the party banger but I absolutely really respect this, and I, I actually really enjoy it. It's a it's a clear qualifier for me, not just because he's also got Cyprus in the same semi final, mm-hmm. so there's you know all but guaranteed points there. But also he's of Danish descent; his father's Danish, and Denmark's in the same semi final. So I think that automatically puts him a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of the points he needs to mm. qualify. Um, but I think he would pick them up even without that anyway. Yeah, I think years ago, I would have said like this troubadour with a guitar standing on a big Eurovision stage just won't work. But Ed Sheeran is filling, you know, open air stadiums around the world. So, you know, what do I know? Not that we know how this is going to be staged. Okay, but I, I do think it's going to need a bit of spice added to it. Uh, to grab that attention. But like you said, it's got its voting allies. It's definitely qualifying. I'm not so keen on the song. Like, it's okay to me. The best thing about this entry is Victor, which is, I think, you know, it's a slight worry in a song contest. So I think maybe when it comes to the Saturday night, 
it might not do as well. But um, re- yeah, what a interesting young man, sixteen years old. Jesus, for that talent, amazing. The next song is from Poland. It's called Solo by Blanka. Do you know, I think this is in the playlists on YouTube and Spotify more than once because it seems to come round more frequently than any other <laughs> song in this year. And, well, well, how to be kind about it. Let's talk about the song, mm-hmm. first of all. I think it's, you know, this style is very popular. It's kind of summer, Mediterranean, dancey, you know, um, light-hearted um, song. But this is just a really flimsy, lightweight example of it. And whilst it's perfectly pleasant while it's on, it just doesn't really deliver what other songs of this genre have at Eurovision. Um, or other songs that are being chart hits are delivering. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm not even left wanting. I'm left a little bit annoyed by it, I think. I, mm, so how, okay, how do I feel about this? It's better if you just don't look too deep into it, like you said, and just let the song bounce along with you. It's actually quite pleasant to listen to on the face of it. It's kind of cool, a serviceable bop. But scratch the surface and you see it's just quite basic. And you can go not too far back to 2016 when Margaret did Call Me Down. We all remember that. It was tipped to go to Eurovision that year. Just lost all its energy in the the live final. Solo is a very similar song, actually, to Call Me Down. And it's doing exactly the same thing. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial, but I feel quite strongly about it. Where is the individuality in some of these young women that sing songs like this, right? Because I just see carbon copies of women that are quite frankly seem to be just for the male gaze. And when I say gaze, I don't mean homos. <laughs> I mean the patriarchal perspective. The, the male, yeah, G-A-Z-E, yes. the male gaze, right? I think Blanca's presentation of Solo is deeply entrenched in that. And it just, when I watch it, even as a gay man, I'm not interested, but I feel a little bit uneasy watching it. And I I don't know what else to say. It's serviceable, but it's just lacking a bit of individuality. You're absolutely right there. And I think there is a bit of that. I wonder if it is this, this trend, and it's not, it's not a new thing. I think it's been happening for years. Oh, you know, people want to be, pop stars when they're not necessarily artists you know you i mean i don't know blanca's background or you know her musicality um or anything but it it does seem like you know we've got a team to write this song what attractive young thing are we going to have to front it and you know how are we going to make them look sexy and it feels a little bit like that. You're absolutely right. It doesn't feel as though there's the artistic integrity. Now, you don't need that. No. You know, we've got some 
amazing artists who don't write their own things and they interpret songs and they're very, very good at it. Blank is not that. And I, I'm very cautious about, you know, being too negative about this because actually there's a whole different layer of negativity surrounding Blanca, her selection, the allegations of, you know, misconduct and, and bribery and all sorts going on in the, in the Polish final. If you want to go and have a look at that online, you will find all manner of lurid rumours um, about what maybe went on there. Um, and I think that's unfair. And I think, you know, people coming on a Saturday night, if she gets there, or, you know, tuning in for the semi-final, have none of that. They're going to watch the song, go, do I like it? Does it speak to me? And on that level, there's a path to qualification. Yeah, for, her. for sure. Um, but she's got a lot of work to do. She's got a lot to pull off, and I'm not sure that the material she's been given is enough for her to do it. If what we got in the national final, if that performance is what we get at Eurovision, she's in trouble. Yeah. And I mean, don't forget, Eurovision's a show that's rehearsed within an inch of its life. Yeah. You get loads of time before they get to the, to the host city, once they get to the host city... And it, the production values are huge. So all of those little things that were wrong in, the, in a national final in the TV studio, all of those can be ironed out by the time you get to Eurovision. But you can't make something more of the source material than is there. And in that sense, there's not really that much there. Well, that's fingers crossed for her. Uh, song number 10 then, Slovenia. The band Joker out with the song Carpe Diem. Mi pomoci ono šplesanti Ljubili sense i grani Kod danas jutri već ne Seize the day, Monty. Carpe well, diem. And Joker are absolutely doing that. It's so lovely to see. They are absolutely grabbing their Eurovision experience by the horns and they're shaking every bit of fun out of it. And I love that. You've got, you know, a, a fun-looking group of boys who look that they're having the time of their life and they're singing, a, you know, a happy little guitar pop song. Um, and... They, they are. They're literally carpeting the DM. <laughs> yeah. I look, sometimes you need a bit of perspective um, when all the songs on any given year, any given year's contest, actually, to see where a certain song sits. The Joker Out were announced quite early on, if I remember correctly, and the song then followed after. And at a time, I was thinking, oh, a bit underwhelming, but, you know, we'll see what comes, whatever. And I do think, just a sidebar, that songs that are named early in the year suffer from this expectation of the season it's almost like oh well that's not a winner because it's not your expectations are so high because yeah new eurovision that i think it maybe suffered a little bit anyway minor point as time's gone on the song's grown on me a lot and it's probably the best of the bands actually in my in my book certainly of this indie type very indie sort of genre and i think we have a few of them in liverpool and this is head and shoulders above everyone else I think it's a dark horse. It just we should just watch it because I just think it could it could do something. And um, look, they're seasoned, they're accomplished, and I really like it. 
they've got the barrier of not being in English to get through, and that will be a challenge for some audience. Um, but I, I hope they have the fun factor, and they have, you know, you've got a band on stage singing and having a laugh, and I hope people, you know, respond to that. For all we've just been quite critical about Poland, I think on the surface, Poland's probably an easier song to engage with mm. than this one is. But this is a much better song. What you're not going to have on the night is all of that engagement they've done with the fan community during the time of being selected up until Eurovision. The vast majority of the audience is going to have none of that. They're just going to be watching what's on stage. And that, I think, is going to be a maybe their challenge. But I hope that, you know, what comes through is, you know, some lads having a laugh and, you know, really, really enjoying their moment. So song 11, it's Georgia and it's Echo by Iru. Words are useless, especially sentences, said Madonna <laughs> on Bedtime Story. Uh, and that seems to be a mantra that George's era has adopted for her song as well. About two-thirds of the way through, she sings, um, words getting worthless. And she's about two minutes too late, to it's be frank. Because absolute word salad. It's, it's, it's word soup, but it's word soup <laughs> of left, completely unrelated leftovers that wouldn't normally go into soup. It's like taking some vegetable stock and chucking in a bag of Twiglets and some Haribo and hoping that something palatable comes out of it. And look, I'm I'm not I don't want to knock non-native speakers. Yeah, because this is this is not my Galileo by Belarus, their first ever entry, which was impenetrable, even though it was sung in English. This feels more like an artistic choice of the words that are put into this, but. The challenge for me is that the lack of coherence in the lyrics is so distracting that it kind of pulls you away from the overall feel of the song, which actually is quite engaging, and I quite like it. A bit like Armenia, I'm not saying style over substance, but it feels as though, when you look at the video for this, it's stunning, Mm. and it feels as though they're building up for a very visual presentation on the stage. And if they pull that off, this this could work. But if they don't, and you're listening to, you know, what, what the hell is she singing about? I just think it's a little bit too distracting. She's got a great voice, though. Yeah, great voice. I, I think, yeah, I don't know what the song's about, really. I think it's about holding on to a relationship, persevering, knowing that there's a better day around the corner. I don't know. Um, well, I don't think any of us know, because there are no actual sentences. <laughs> But honestly, who cares? Because the drama has turned up to 100. Absolutely. Which, so you've already got us hooked. Uh, almost like I'm excited, but I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just, it is what it is. I agree that she is stunning. She is absolutely stunning. And I hope that they bring the look from the video with the long auburn hair and the pure white flowing dress and, the, you know, potential for lots of flapping and stuff like that. Like, if you bring that look, because she is almost... Ethereal, like 
some Lord of the Rings, you know, pixie or, you know, I don't know, <laughs> high fantasy being. And I just, I love that. So there's visually, there's a lot to work with here. I'm not quite sure what the song's about. <laughs> Have you spotted the mirroring that's going on between semi-final one and semi-final two with 11th place? Let me check my notes. No. <laughs> in semi-final one, it's Lorraine, who is a Eurovision winner. And in semi-final two, 11th place is Iru, who is a Eurovision winner. Oh, uh, yeah. She won the junior Eurovision in 2011 as part of the Georgian group Candy. So, in a sense, she's even more of a Eurovision veteran than Lorraine. She is. Mm. Well, hopefully that will carry her through with some kind of success. <laughs> Song number 12, then, is ooh, Like an Animal by Pete Jacks from San Marino. Monty, I do like the killers vibe from Pete's Jacks. What are your thoughts? Are they killing the animal that, <laughs> that he's smelling? There's some bizarre lyrics going on in this. Um, do you know, Una Voce per San Marino, the, the San Marinese national selection, of which we were treated to for a second year in a row. 106 songs across a whole week. Grueling. You know, just whittled down to whatever 20 22 something like that in the final and then a small jury of professionals go and pick this i mean oh do you know i i just can't with this it's just not floating my boat at all if there's seldom such a surefire non-qualifier as this Although we have a few in this semi-final, <laughs> for all that seldomness. Do you know, I think the singers, there's something about the intensity in which he sings. and it's It looks a bit creepy to me. And the, when you put that with the lyrics of, you know, I can smell you like an animal, it just feels... Predatory. It, it feels a bit predatory and it feels a bit objectifying. Um, and, you know, chasing some poor woman around the dance floor, sniffing at her. <laughs> just no 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 well, I've done that in a few clubs not chasing women but you know <laughs> <laughs> I, th- look, I think it has a it has a lot of promise to be a great track but it just, it just doesn't seem to go to the next level it's quite repetitive it just seems to sort of just roll on until the end of the song it's a decent also run it will join the list of participants who have represented San Marino but that's yeah I can't really say it's not I, I, there's nothing about it I dislike there's nothing about it that I love and it's that middle of the road stuff that I think ah uh, you're not going to get votes if it's middle of the road the, the only sort of redeeming feature I can see is you say it has potential and actually we we are led to believe there will be a revamp it hasn't appeared yet um, but it's a revamp that may even be the Eurovision version so you know we have to reserve our right to change your mind should that happen but I mean it would really need to be a different song to improve it for me mm. so song 13 it's from Austria who the hell is Edgar by Taya and Selena There's a ghost in my 
Who the hell is Edgar? I don't know, but as a writer myself, I'm here for a song that bemoans the way society undervalues its artists, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> Austria's just, they just flipped the game in my book. I'm just, I, uh, coming up with an in- innovative concept uh, is definitely one of this year's big talking points. Um, not a song I expected from a country like Austria. It's a, it's, yeah, really odd, but pleasantly so. There's a few songs this year, uh, that success rests firmly on staging. You know, we keep bringing this up, but this is top of the list because the scale of success, I think for this is it could win. There's a pot, there's a route to victory for winning Eurovision for this song. And that absolutely is down to staging. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, who had Edgar Allan Poe on their bingo card for Eurovision 2023? Even though it's not the first time we've had Edgar Allan Poe mentioned in a Eurovision song. It doesn't it's surprise the me. Uh, the first was France in 1990, White and Black Blues by Joelle Osu. I mentioned Edgar Allan Poe. It's more the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe that's possessing the, the narrator in the song. And, you know, She's managing to churn out all this like quality work and all of the, you know, the managers at the publishing companies are, you know, are you going to be the next big thing? Uh, and then she realizes, you know, how little she's being rewarded. And, you know, I just think that it just becomes the most exquisite allegory that's scathing and taking a swipe at the, you know, the creative industries. Um, and done with such a, you know, fabulous tongue in cheekness. I mean, the video, you just get it instantly because it's got all the visual references in. Um, and the style, the costumes, everything is just, I mean, it's chef's kiss perfection. Whether they're going to be able to portray that on stage, I don't know. This is, I mean, wow. And if you're a creative director, getting this, getting a call to go stage this song is, you know, Oh, I mean, it's so tasty, isn't it? I see a version of this that is absolute car crash. And I see a version that is winning potential. And there's no middle ground. There yeah. is no... This isn't coming 10th, I don't think. This, you know, this is... It's it's going there or it's not. Uh, I'm, but I'm ready for it to blow up. I really hope, you know, they get it right. I would love this. I mean, this is a, this is a contender for my top 10 all-time... Eurovision songs. Wow. I love it so much. I mean, I reserve the right to, you know, get fed up with it, as I sometimes do with songs. But at the moment, I cannot get enough of this song. It is absolute genius. And I so, 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 so hope that it pays off for them. Taking such a bold risk with such a clever and innovative song. I would love to see so many more countries doing this. And if it works, we might get that. Mm. Moving on then. Song number 14, Albania, with Dua, uh, sung by Albina and Famila Kamendi.
Montiar, first national final of the year over Christmas period, wasn't it? Churned out Albina and her Kamendi family. Talk to me. Thought. Yeah, I mean, it's a proper family affair, isn't it? She's, you know, she's got three siblings. She's got a mum and dad along with her. Um, I mean, if you're singing a song about family dynamics, you know, taking the whole clan with you to Liverpool for two weeks might not be the best idea. <laughs> um, but I suppose, you know, if you're going to have your support camp with you, there's one way of saving on those extortionate Liverpool Adele bills, and that's to have them in the delegation with you. There's a lot of drama here, as there always is with Albania, uh, and I live for that. I really like that kind of um, dramatic um, ballad and all the kind of Balkan sounds. Um, it's just really, really rich. The video's interesting. Actually, it's a little bit Adele-like at the start, I think, where she's, you know, walking into the empty <laughs> house. So, you know, I expect her to flip her phone out and go, hello. Hello. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, for me, I think this could do in Albania. And what we say doing in Albania is scraping through and, you know, fading away in the final. Um, it deserves to get through for me. And I think there are some particularly weak songs in this semi-final. Um, I think there are more nailed-on non-qualifiers in this semi-final than the first. So I think that this increases this song's chances of getting through. But I don't think it's universal enough to do anything more than kind of like twentieth, twenty first, something on the night. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really rate it that much. I have to say, I'm. Uh, it's very two thousands Balkan Eurovision. Actually, everything from this the way it's staged, or, or at least what we saw in the national final. It's actually a bit like a family wedding where all the generations get up and sing at a wedding. It's, it's got that kind of vibe to it. It's earnest and sweet and, you know, it doesn't really go anywhere for me. And I have to say, I, I struggle a bit because the, the message of being close as a family, which I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm okay with my family, there's no issues there, but, you know, not breaking up, holding on to traditions, it's it's got an unsavoury taste for me because it's often the weapon that's used against the LGBT plus community of, you know, family traditions. And I just struggle to connect with it on that level, I think such a minor thing but I just don't connect with it I just don't see it so I don't think it will qualify the next song is from Lithuania it's called Stay by Monica Linkute I'm going to say something about staging here. And I know we've spoken about it a lot, but I don't think you're going to find a better example of how staging a song dramatically changes its prospects. I saw this in the first heat of the Lithuanian semi-final and it completely passed me by. I didn't watch the semi-finals because we'd heard all the songs in the heat. And when it came to the final, this really stood out. And I was like, wow, where's this come from? And I had to check that I had actually heard it. And when you look back and, you know, do it, there's actually on YouTube, there's a side-by-side performance of how it changed from the heat to the final. And there's so many changes. They put her in a different frock. It's a warmer colour. They've lit it better. They've changed her hair. 
the, the whole lighting, the whole camera angle is so much different. And what I think is the biggest change, they brought a line of backing singers who were on the side into the round around her and they're great singers and she interacts with them and there's this incredible feeling of solidarity. But what they've also done is take a little motif which was at the end of the song, this and they built it into the chorus, they built it into the start of the song and it becomes a much bigger component of it and it's just changed it so enormously it's almost like it's a different song and different presentation entirely and it absolutely works this is the dark horse of the contest for me i think this is going to do big business not a winner but i think this is a a good top 10 for lithuania wow i mean last year was a bit of a surprise so what you know why not i, I i'm on the fence with it I think for the reasons you just said, because it's a dark horse, I'm like, I don't know the way this is going to land because, you know, the phrasing, her accent, the vocal runs, it's all very Lithuanian. It could only be Lithuania. There's two ways this will go. One, where the tenderness of the song will just be drowned out by everything around it. Or like I even 2018, when Lithuania did amazingly, deliver this gorgeous moment on stage and just give everyone the feels and I just think if they can deliver that, yeah, I think what you're what you're talking about is is a possibility. You know, that lilting and rocking effect of that repeated, you know, uh tuto tuto like that it just it feels like therapy. It, there's, a, there's there's potential here, real potential. You're right, Dark Horse. It's got vibes of Maro from Portugal last year for me. Um, just uh, especially that you know staging in the round and there's something I mean look at how well that did you know out of nowhere completely unexpectedly Um, yeah I think this is really one to watch I'm just watching it sneaking into you know lots of people's top tens in their you know in their ranking that they're posting on social media I'm like yeah this is it's creeping up on people it's taking people by surprise I think yeah, Monica, you're creeping on us, love. And of course, Monica is somebody that we know before because she was there with Vidas in 2015 and stole that kiss from her on stage. That's but many of our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I do prefer this version of Monica, though. I really like this on her, this vibe, this look. Yeah, I love absolutely it. love it. Absolutely love it. And so one song to go, song 16, is from Australia. It's by Voyager and it's called Promise. This is the last song, and this is going to set that arena on fire. <laughs> it is going to go off with the kind of power metal rock. It's just going to be big. Yeah. It's a big finish. Yeah, look, you know, there was so much noise about them last year when they came second in Australia Decides. And so it's a bit, it's unsurprising actually that they've been asked to come back because, you know, they were well liked. It's not my kind of music. Uh, but I'm really appreciating the fact that Australia, once again, is bringing a range of different entries. You know, it reflects their music scene. I just, I just love they the way they just always nail it, always nail it. Given that this has been placed at the end, 
and closing the show, I do expect that we're going to have our retinas burnt out by just every single thing going off and happening all at once. And I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's another song that intrigued to see what they do with the stage in, but I think it's fairly obvious they're just going to blow us away. Either way, it's qualifying. Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you said that, it just reminds me immediately of Czech Republic, We Are Dommy, closing the show last year, and all those lights. I mean, oh my God, that was incredible in the arena. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. The vibe, the energy, absolutely. And you can see that and chuck a bit of pyro at it as well, because mm. they seem like a pyro kind of band. Oh, they can, yeah, like, where do you do anything with them? Like, go to town. I hope Australia bring in the money, flash the cash, pyro. Do it all, yeah, because we want it. I want. I literally want to be set on fire standing in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's not my style of music either, but I just think it's going to be a moment mm-hmm. in the hall. It's not going to trouble the upper end of the scoreboard by the Saturday night. But, no. You know, it's going to be fun. There you go. That's it. That's all of our second semi-finalists. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. an interesting show, I think. I think fewer contenders than the Tuesday night. But it's a lot more diverse. Yeah, I mean, you're getting... T- every song is just different, different, something different, something different. Yeah, we've got a you know good show that we're going to see live. And yeah, as I said, our retina's burnt off, hopefully. Absolutely. And Austria is the absolute standout for me in there. Yeah, for sure. Great. So that's our second semi-final. Thank you for Ooh. listening. Do get in touch. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at Second Cherry. Instagram, second underscore cherry. Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast, and email, which is... Hello. At... SecondCherry.Vision. Hello. At SecondCherry.Vision. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. That's our second semi-final. We're going to be back with one more bonus episode before we get to Liverpool, and that will be next week, and it will be the Big Five and Ukraine, last year's winners. Well, we'll see you later then. See you next week. Bye. Bye.